0: welcome back to the Lime podcast my name is aaron alexander this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind body and movement today's gorgeous conversation is with the good dr becca levy dr becca levy is a professor of epidemiology which focuses on social and behavioral sciences at yale school of public health she is a professor of psychology at yale university She is a leading researcher in the fields of social gerontology and psychology of aging, which gerontology, I'm not sure if it's gerontology or gerontology, actually, but essentially it is the psychology of aging. She is credited with creating the field of how age stereotypes, which are assimilated from our culture, impact the health of older individuals. The Dean of Columbia School of Public Health describes Levy as a pioneer in the growing body of impressive research showing that our attitudes toward aging affect our health our resilience in the face of adversity and our very survival. She's had a book come out called Breaking the Aging Code, how your beliefs about aging determine how long and well you live. This conversation is very interesting. Um, The way that our perspectives inform the growth and development and manifestation of ourselves at a cellular structural level, it's very interesting. And so that is what we get into in this conversation. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. And just a beautiful thing to ponder on. How do your momentary day-to-day thoughts inform the production of your future and present self? Uh, I'd like to thank all y'all, any y'all. For leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this, I'm gonna read one from. Let's read one from Tom Yoga. Tom Yoga says, "A great show. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate your perspectives and the way you oh so gently probe your guests' ideas. Keep up the good work, brother." Thank you, Tom Yoga. Uh, Thank you to any of you for sharing this show, for implementing the information into your life, for posting it on Instagram. If you do, you can tag myself at Align Podcast. And that's it. I um, hope you're having a tremendous day. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Let's get to it was it that got you engaged with the field of, of aging? Why does that matter to you so much?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So it was actually my first job after college. The only job that I could find was in a psychiatric hospital. That And the only job within that that I could find was actually on a geriatric unit, which involved working with older patients. And... I first thought it would be really depressing and and didn't want to take the job, but then I thought, well, it's the only job they have available and might as well try it for a couple of weeks and see how it goes. And Yeah. And I ended up really loving it. I thought it was just so interesting to find out about the problems that people had and the many sort of societal, cultural, biological factors that all came together in in these different cases. And and a lot of my stereotypes were were dispelled. I, I thought there would be no improvement in their mental health. And a lot of people showed great improvement with, you know, proper treatment. So yeah, so that actually got me really interested in working with an older population.
0: So it seems like a a massive component of your work is in the realm of how our thoughts and our psyche and, you know, like the psychosomatic relationship of how the the story of who we are and our age and what that means to us impacts us at a mental, emotional, cellular, structural and longevity level. Exactly. Is that? That's wild wildly interesting <laughs> I think as a subject as a whole.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, that's definitely a good way to characterize it. So I am very interested in how these cultural messages about aging can have a real impact on aging health as, as you said on a psychological and a biological and a cellular level. So we really in our in our research we've really found that all of those levels can be really important.
0: So can you unpack that a little bit for the for people? so I've had Ellen Langer on here which I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with yes. i presume counterclockwise and yes uh, yes um, yeah i love so her I work she, yes yeah so i imagine you guys are kind of getting at similar similar concepts from probably different directions or maybe similar directions
1: yes yeah, so we actually right, she was actually my graduate school mentor so i, I learned a, a lot from her and uh yeah so she's done cool. some really great studies that that have inspired some of the work that yeah that um that i explore in my research so right
0: so what, what is the connect, what is the connection? Like what is the bridge? Because I think a lot of this like more, maybe like esoteric language can come in and seem kind of metaphysical and like the mind or mindfulness. But then when you have st- statistical, you know, empirical evidence to suggest there is a connection like where's the bridge between the mind and the body I guess would be a a simple way of asking like a really complex
1: yeah challenging question right I think I do so that's a good question so it's something that I've thought about and that that I discuss in in my book but um so the idea of how it is that these age beliefs that can exist in a culture can actually seep in under our skin and have a have an impact on, on on all these different health outcomes ranging from stress level to balance to longevity so that that is good question of what is the mechanism. And we have found that there are probably three different levels that operate. So one is the psychological level or how we're thinking. And that can be something like self-efficacy. We've also looked at behavioral levels. So how whether people take prescribed medication, for example. So we found that people have more positive age beliefs from their culture. They're more likely to take prescribed medications. And then the last is sort of physiological. So we found physiological mechanisms such as stress biomarkers can have a direct impact on, on these different physical health outcomes.
0: And so where, I guess a, a question I ask a lot that's probably, I don't know, maybe kind of annoying, but like what's your working definition of mind? Like what, what is mind?
1: mind so i mean i think of that as something that is uh, how we how we think like the center of, of of our own being but also a reflection of our culture and the age beliefs that exist around us and the different messages that that are out there that we take in and then we interpret in different ways and then those messages can have a direct impact, but it helps if we have awareness of of those messages. So I think that's something that is is really important that I found in my work is that often they operate without our awareness, but there are these evidence-based tools that I've developed that help us increase our awareness so that we can have more control over what those messages are that we take in.
0: And where do we think? Because I think you could have, you could argue that culture thinks for us. You could argue that ancestry thinks for us. You could argue that We have complete, utter sovereignty and it's all in between your ears. You could argue that it's in your gut. You could argue it's a combination of all of that.
1: Yeah, I I think it's probably a combination of all of that. I think that all of those levels are really important in how we think, how our mind operates. I think we're very much a product of of our social environment, but I think we also have a lot of agency that we can adjust how we respond to our culture and our environment.
0: And so can you kind of like paint the story a bit of how a like something i heard in a talk that you were doing i don't know where exactly but a, a study that you'd reference was i'll probably butcher this but i think it was people that had a, like a negative belief around aging i think it was at around age 30 or pre-30 by the time they got to age 60 they had if they had a negative belief around that, then they, they had something like a two times higher risk of cardiovascular disease or having some type of cardiovascular event. Right. Is that correct?
1: Yes, exactly. So we did find that the age beliefs that people take in at a younger age, so young adulthood, are really important for later life. So exactly as you said, so we were able to look at a study of people who are followed over 40 years, and we were able to look at the age beliefs of the, of the people when they were young adults, and then follow them to when they reach their 60th birthday. And we did find that these age beliefs that that the participants took in at a young age had a real impact on cardiovascular health. So those who took in the more negative age beliefs had a significantly higher risk of different kinds of cardiovascular events after age sixty, and I, and I think what's really important about that finding is it really suggests that prevention is really key. And so, if these beliefs that we take in at such a young age, you know, we know even three and f- three or four year olds already have taken in the age beliefs. If they if we take them in at such a young age, and that it suggests that we could really work on prevention with y- with young adults and children.
0: Could you kind of paint the narrative of of what the person with um, I don't know like disparaging beliefs around aging compared to a person that has like more of an optimistic or open perspective on it like what is if if there's a why in the road what do those two paths look like at a a physiological level
1: yeah so i think there are yeah big differences that we found sort of cross culturally so we have found that so for example that well i could just actually start with with so a story of of how I started with this research, which is that I went to Japan, and part of my goal in going there was to look at why they have a the longest lifespan in the world, and I wanted to specifically find whether there were uh, causes that are things that we can control or things that we can actually have some impact on. And what I immediately noticed when I got there was that the views of aging were just completely different than the, the negative ones that I was used to seeing, you know, where, where I was living at the time in the Boston area. And uh, I found just many examples of the Japanese culture elevating and celebrating older people. So, for example, centenarians and super centenarians who live to 110 and older are celebrated like rock stars on, you know, on, on different television shows. And they have a national holiday for older people. And so I was really impressed. By the difference in the age beliefs and how uh, the more positive views seem to impact or seem to could be related to health, and that's actually what I found in my research. Following that is that these age beliefs can have powerful impacts on health.
0: Yeah, and so so I guess I'm I'm like digging at like tangible scientific analysis or narrative of what that that looks like. Is it if I have a disparaging belief, does that cause me to upregulate? something cortisol norepinephrine you know something put me into more of like a fight flight sympathetic overdrive type state with more regularity which could impact sleep quality or you know or you know my relationships maybe suddenly I become more guarded I start pushing people away I don't let people in that perhaps veers into loneliness loneliness considered to be like smoking 18 cigarettes a day I think from your school that you went to pretty sure Harvard Came up with that idea, which is probably obviously probably a wily thing to say, but like that, I think that that, I think like the tangible bits, I think is 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 really interesting with that. Like, what does that actually look like?
1: Yeah. So, so you're right. So, stress biomarkers or cortisol is probably the most popular stress biomarker that people look at. So, we have found that older people who take in more negative age beliefs have this elevated cortisol level over time, and we know from other research that high cortisol levels, particularly when they come about in unpredictable ways. So we never know when we're going to encounter these negative messages. And that also can kind of elevate cortisol and stress biomarker levels. And we know from a lot of other research that cortisol levels can have an impact on physical health. And so I think that that is one of the key key ways that, that it has an impact.
0: Very excited to share something that has been a game changer for my strength development and overall energy levels that is supplementing with essential amino acids. I highly recommend going back and listening to the episode with Angelo Keeley. He goes deep into the nerdy science of why this matters so much. What I really like about supplementing with essential amino acids, particularly from Keon, one, it tastes delicious, so I add a scoop of it to my water bottle before or after I work out or just really anytime throughout the day. Another thing that's really great about supplementing with essential amino acids is you are increasing your protein intake while not increasing your overall calories throughout the day. So if you're looking to lose weight, but you want to be meeting your protein demands. Tossing a scoop or two or three of this into your water bottle throughout the day is a fantastic idea, and you can get yourself a twenty percent discount by going to getkeon.com/align. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N dot com/align for twenty percent off of your purchase of Keon's essential amino also wanted to share something that I've been taking to make sure I'm covering all the bases with getting my greens. I've been taking Organifi's green juice for the last three months, and I really love this stuff. Uh, It tastes absolutely delicious. It's like one of the best beverages you could possibly serve on a hot summer day. Throw some ice on there. It contains not only greens, but also adaptogenic mushrooms such as ashwagandha. It also has matcha green tea. So it's excellent for energy support, antioxidants and genuinely being a refreshing beverage. So if you would like to get yourself a 20 percent discount on this or any other Organifi product, you can jump over to Organifi.com slash Align. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot slash Align for 20% off. If you're not totally satisfied with the purchase, you can get your money back. I think you guys are going to love the green juice. I hope you enjoy. That's it. That's all. Organifi.com slash Align. So the culture, so like the like the, the Dan Butner blue zone areas is japan are they like the oldest i know like italy's one California's one where's the other one japan where's where's there's there's like two more right anyways it doesn't matter but but they they what what do you think it is about the cultural upbringing in those places that differs from i don't know i I can't say westernized culture but like america but i can't say america either because california seems to loma linda is the is the centenarian place in california right so they're doing something there like what, what do you think that defining factors there are
1: yeah, so that's a good question. So I, I believe Japan still has the the longest lifespan. I think the, when I last checked, the longest living woman, Kane Tanake, who we have in, in Breaking the Age Code in our book. but she, um, So she's, I think, the longest living person in, in the world right now. And so Japan definitely seems to be one of the places that has these views of aging that are particularly positive, and I, I think part of it is you know I've I've looked at t- how the views of aging are brought in as in a young age to children, and so even if you just analyze literature in, in you know different cultures, you can see these dramatic differences. So, for example, a story that I remember hearing as a child was Hansel and Gretel, which is, you know, one of the many fairy tales which features these really scary older people. You know, it's it's an older woman who fattens up the children and then wants to eat them. And so there are these these really scary messages that are transmitted to children in our culture. And in in comparison, in a place like Japan, if you look at the literature, there are much more positive images of aging that are brought into the fairy tales, these really vibrant, intergenerational stories that the older people have these hero roles, which just, uh, I think, bringing those messages in from outside and starting at a a young age, I think can have a dramatic impact on our health.
0: I wonder if there's, this is kind of gets to be like more philosophical, but I I, I wonder how much of the stories that we tell ourselves about age have to do with our relationship to nature because nature doesn't have a resistance around age, you know, and humans are, are nature, but we have this, the story that we're whatever, whatever our story is, you know? And so, but a, a tree, you know, the, the leaves get reddish you know, and they fall and they go back and they like provide bro- ground cover and this whole fertilization process. And then spring comes and there's no resistance around spring is better, you know, fall sucks. I'm a loser. It's just, it's just a bunch of circulation. And so I, 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 would, I would presume at the root of a lot of this would probably come back to those places, have some more congruent relationship to nature would be like maybe one potential prong that I think could could be a thing but what do you what do you what do you think
1: yeah i think that's a great idea i i i love that idea of the life cycle and seeing nature as being an inspiration for for seeing perhaps our own cycles of living with the different stages of life you know that could that that could be very very connected and i, I think you're right i mean having a balanced view of nature i think that could be really an important uh, piece of reinforcing a life cycle and a, and a and not fearing aging but thinking of it as part of like the na- natural cycle that we all go through and having different stages that have different advantages that that are worth considering and that that are integrated with each other I think I think that's a great idea I haven't studied that but I, I think that would be a great great thing to study
0: so this is more stuff that you probably haven't studied that hopefully you're willing to like venture out on a limb <laughs> about but I wonder how much it has to do with relationship to death mm-hmm so if a person has a resistance around the concept of you know even death is kind of like a nasty word i like because i'm like a new age spiritual spiritual cliche i like transitioning out of the body you know so upon transitioning out of the body if you have a resistance and attachment of like i need the body you know i need my, my tesla like i am the tesla i rep- it represents who i am <laughs> you know, i think the more deeply attached that we are to that that part likely that would create some type of internal turmoil or conflict which ultimately could lead to some type of interesting genetic expression which is a big part of what your your book the breaking the age code gets into which i haven't read because it comes out not until april twenty twenty second, 22nd something like that 12th right? yes april
1: april 12th yes. april 12th yes. yeah
0: yeah so i haven't actually read i haven't had the opportunity to read the book but i, I really love this concept which is why i was excited about about talking with you yeah so is there do you what do you think about that yeah death
1: yes thank you thank you for looking forward (laughs) to reading the book and and we'll get a copy to you soon but um but the Yeah, yeah. yeah but as far as yeah the idea of acceptance of death and fear of death as being part of one of the pieces that goes into beliefs about aging that impact health I think is m- makes a lot of sense and we ha- we have found some evidence of that and I think some of the cultures and subcultures that have more positive views of aging which translate into better health are, are some of the cultures that do better I think are the ones that are more accepting of death or more accepting of that of, and also that there's a legacy that could li- live after death I think is is part of the cultures that that seem to do particularly well with positive views of aging. So I think valuing older people and then also valuing their contributions to the next generation and seeing that as a continuous lineage of passing ideas down from one generation to the other that that happens you know throughout the lifespan and beyond death even I think is is a really important idea that could be very much ingrained in, in why some cultures thrive with positive views of aging
0: Yeah, so that gets into another topic that you're very well steeped research you're kind of like pioneering a lot of the work around that from my understanding It would be like the concept of ageism mm-hmm. and how that informs culture and kind of like the separation between each other but that's so put a bookmark on that. I want to get back into the the, the genetic component is there any research that you've seen that really like specifically details the genetic expression in association to thought patterning and beliefs
1: yes so that is something that i i'm really interested in you know in part because we know that if you look at health and lifespan only about 25 percent of it is determined by genes so there's 75 percent which is determined by other factors, including factors that we can control, like our age beliefs. And so we actually, we did a one study that examined that. So we looked at, there's a gene that exists that increases our risk for developing dementia. And so I was really interested in whether they, there could be a way that these positive age beliefs could improve and help that group. So what we found was that even those who are born with this risky gene for dementia, if they develop positive age beliefs from their culture, they have a 40% reduction in their likelihood of developing dementia. And in fact, their risk is as low as somebody who doesn't have the risky gene at all. So that it really suggests that there's this role for these positive age beliefs to compensate or you know overcome for a risky genes in, in aging health.
0: How do people start to retool their perspectives and beliefs? That's something that we've talked like, I don't know, done probably a lot of podcast and things about that on here. But I'd be curious, Your is there like exercises? Is there some type of particular scientifically backed approach that's more effective than others to kind of hack our internal operating system?
1: Yeah, so that, that's a good question. So in Breaking the Age Code, uh, I present about 15 evidence-based tools that we can take on to actually improve age beliefs. And the ones that are particularly powerful are the ones that increase awareness, so increase our awareness of our own age beliefs and also the portrayal of age and age stereotypes you know, in everyday life. And so, for example, something that I have found is particularly powerful is something I call age belief journaling. So this involves marking, noticing when age beliefs appear in anything that you're doing from like social media to television, to books, to to like a conversation that you might've overheard in a coffee shop. So whenever you hear somebody mention or you see an image of aging, the idea is to write it down and then later go back and think about whether the portrayal was positive or negative and really just sort of question what, when the negative portrayals come up, could there have been, have been a, a different kind of portrayal that, that came up in, in that perspective on aging? So we found even just increasing that awareness in that way can really have an impact on improving our age beliefs.
0: It seems like gals really get the, the raw end of the stick, bad end of the stick. Gals have a, a, a way rougher go in the, the cultural story that we live in, in, in like standardized Western culture. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. please disagree as well. But I think that there's a lot more pressure. Uh-huh. Whereas like I think that men, it's like, oh, you, just, you become more like George Clooney. Yeah. You know, was, and, and women, there's, there's you know, pressure of of procreation and pressure of mm-hmm. like sexual vitality and pre- like there's a lot more emphasis placed on that in culture and who's at fault with that or is there a fault at all? Is that perfectly normal and fine? You know, whatever. But right. Right. Um, that's that's really it's 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 pretty. I mean, I like I have empathy for that. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you? What do you think about all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think there are a lot of pressures on older women. And something that I'm really interested in is this idea of intersectionality of different identities. So we know that if you combine ageism and sexism, that it can have an added punitive impact on, on older women. So and I, I think that's true of other isms, other prejudice and discrimination um, that exist in our culture as well. So and we know also that the way that ageism operates is it occurs over time can really have an impact on our health. And these other kinds of discrimination also can operate over time. So I think the combined additive effect can be quite negative. On the other hand, though, a lot of older men complain about ageism. So in the studies that I've seen, um, so there's one recent study that reported that about 82% of older Americans report experiencing ageism or, or observe ageism, you know, in everyday life. And, and I think, and, and that's equally a problem for, for older men and older women so i think there are a lot of settings like the workplace that that unfortunately there's equal opportunities for ageism
0: (laughs) so i i'd love to because it's an interesting thing that i don't think about a a lot but that you know a a large population of people are in that that circumstance right now and it's something that goes through their mind quite a bit like i don't know i just love like shine more light on that experience and you you are i don't know what you're Ages? do you share your age in your in your book or in your life or anything oh
1: yeah i'm i'm 55. <laughs> 55
0: how is that how has that been for you because you're you're like you're in that population of where, where it would be start to be kind of like a, a navigation of like what is this what does this mean right you know aging Right. You know, like, what is that? How How is that experience for you?
1: Yeah. So I think, I mean, on the one hand, doing this research, it makes me very aware of, of ageism, you know, negative age beliefs that I, I see in, in many different situations. I think on the other hand, that we know that ageism can operate implicitly or without without our awareness. So, so actually, yeah, in the book, I tell a story of how I went on a, a run. I was doing a 5k and I, I had a an injury as I was starting in my knee and like my, 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 my first thought was something about my body. You know, this must be my middle-aged body yeah. that's starting to fall apart. And then
0: this fifty-four-year-old body. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 So this image right. of um, actually of this movie of, of this body disintegrating that kind of came to mind. And you know, so I, I and, and then right. I afterwards, you know, and I kind of like hobbled through through the five k. And then like by the. By the end, I um I like kind of hobbled home, and I I told my family what had happened, and you know, and, and they reminded me that I had rushed out of the house, that I um and I actually hadn't warmed up at all. I just immediately <laughs> started the five k, and they said like, hey, you know, don't you think if you warmed up, that might have helped you? And you I was like, yeah, I guess that's probably true. And you know, and other members of my family who run have had sort of similar injuries, are of all different ages. So you know, it made me realize that even though my first thought was to go to this like negative age belief that you know that that there probably was another way to think about it. You know, maybe I could have thought about it as I could have warmed up. I could have given myself some more time to get there. I think that reminded me that even though we can increase our awareness, it, it, it's you have to kind of be vigilant of of thinking about how these age op, age beliefs operate.
0: So there's there's interesting research around visualization, particularly around muscle engagement there's been research with wrist exercises with thumb exercises and what pretty consistently what i've seen and you know through the lens of biased research i presume there's probably a lot of other studies that have been like thrown out or whatever that you know maybe this didn't work out I, i'd imagine but there has been significant research to suggest that visualization can impact us obviously on lots of levels but even in musculoskeletal development or 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 neuromuscular skeletal development. So, do you think that there there's some piece in that with the perception of visualizing our our bones turning into dust and withering away yeah. compared to visualizing them being you know juiced up with I don't know electricity like a lightning bolt moving through your body or right. feeling yes. like you're strong <laughs> like a tree or feel like you're bamboo okay. like Bruce Lee language like what are your thoughts right. on that or, and and is there any is there any research that kind of beyond just neuromuscular development is there any research with like visualization of self-image?
1: Yes. Yeah, yes, definitely. So I think one of the reasons that we have found that these age stereotypes are so powerful is that they do have this strongly visual component. So I think each stereotype often does have this very visual image that, that comes to our mind. And, and we have found that, um, so I found in one study, by encouraging people to come up with images of positive images of aging, so these very, you know, visual and active images of aging, can activate a set of positive age beliefs and that in turn can have an impact on better f- balance and faster walking and you know better physical outcomes. So I think these positive images are, are really important and, and those are something that we can also develop as you know actively come up with this portfolio of positive images that we can draw on. So what are
0: examples of that? What are actionable exercises people can start to tinker with?
1: Yeah. So I mean, so one thing uh, I think is, so in our in our study, we just ask people to write about a positive image of aging for for a few minutes. So just sit down, you know, piece of paper, imagine the the life of a a day in the life of this active older person. And we know from our research that people take in a lot of positive and negative images of aging starting at a young age. And it's really because our culture has a lot of negative messages. What's really important is to strengthen the positive messages. That are already that we've already taken in. That are already somewhere buried in our minds. So the tr- trick, I think, is to activate them and strengthen them and make those some of the images that we can draw on when we're deciding whether or not to go for a run, or deciding whether or not to take a medication that's been prescribed. When we're you know, tr- deciding um, whether to eat he- in a healthy way. So I think those images can be real sources of inspiration.
0: want to take a moment and share a resource that has been invaluable for my mental, emotional and physiological well-being. That is an app referred to as Open. What Open does is provide a plethora of world-class teachers on breathwork meditation and mindfulness practices. So you get 30 days free by using the Align code. If you're interested in trying this yourself, I've been using it for the last month and I really dig it. You just set it up on your phone or laptop or wherever and you get a plethora of amazing teachers and they walk you through different practices ranging from a few minutes to longer than that. I did a breathwork practice that is amazing for boosting energy levels, boosting cognitive clarity. It's something that I regularly do before recording a podcast in particular. Uh, If I'm feeling maybe a little bit brain foggy or a little tired, uh, just knocking out this nine-minute breath practice, which I included on my Instagram handle at Align Podcast, you can check it out. Uh, it's amazing, and so having that in the palm of my hand in my cell phone that I can set it up anywhere, anytime, uh, invaluable tool. And like I said, you can try it absolutely free by utilizing the Align code and going to open dash together. slash align. That's open O P E N dash together dot com slash align 30 days absolutely free if you do not absolutely love it then cancel no biggie i think it would be silly for y'all not to try this because it's absolutely free so jump over to open-together.com slash align to get your breath work and mindfulness on I also wanted to share something that has been an absolute game changer for my sleep and muscular recovery. That is magnesium, particularly Mag Breakthrough from BioOptimizers. Magnesium is a mineral that it's just wise to supplement. It's largely deficient in modern day soil. It's largely deficient in most people for that reason. And Mag Breakthrough is a fantastic complex of magnesium. It contains all different, all seven different forms. And it's fantastic. I even chew the, I open the capsules and taste it i think it tastes great might be a little weird but uh, i genuinely appreciate the flavor of the product and uh, i think it's important to implement into anyone's life if you care about your sleep if you care about muscular recovery and the best part is you can get yourself a discount by going over to magbreakthrough.com slash align podcasts that's m-a-g-b-r-e-a-k-t-h-r-o-u-g-h Dot com slash align podcast, and you'll get yourself a ten percent discount on top of any other discounts they may have. So, jump over to magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast for a discount. If you do not love this product, it doesn't make a difference in your life. Get your money back, no questions asked. I think you're going to dig it. That's it, magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast. Before I was recording, we were talking about COVID lockdowns and all that stuff i don't actually know your your beliefs or perspectives it seemed like you were nodding your head as i was talking so maybe it means that (laughs) our perspectives are somewhat aligned not that i you know i don't care the way but I, i think that one thing that is clear regardless of your perspective on what the heck is going on in the world is there has been a a warm blanket of of fear and anxiety that's overlaid over culture. I mean, absolutely by design through the lens of media to sell ads. Like, there's no way around that. I mean, you, we, like, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, having body counts and all that stuff, you know, running on the screen all day long. Like, that is to sell ad space at the detriment of the 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 biological, mental, emotional health of of culture. I would, you know, I would venture to suggest that that would be the case feel free to disagree and what do you how do you think that impacts us at a at a mental emotional biological longevity level and then and the last thing is the cdc considers fear and anxiety related disorders to be the second leading cause of risk of of death in relation to covid and it's very the whole thing is just so ironic
1: right yeah i think you're definitely onto something really important and i think that occurs with ageism and particularly during the pandemic, I think there's just been a lot of negative messaging in in news sources and social media. Like, so for example, there was the popular meme that you probably heard of, of calling COVID the boomer remover. So I think, you know, which actually makes fun of older people dying of COVID. And I think that fear mongering is just a real problem. And and I think, uh, unfortunately, these age stereotypes and ageism is really becomes elevated and spread in a, in a way that's really damaging, I think, to, to our culture.
0: Do you think it would make sense considering the, like the latest research, including what the CDC suggests of, of having a natural immune response actually being a, a stronger, more robust response than the vaccine to still demand that people wear masks that have also been kind of like debunked from various different reputable, reputable sources? Does it still make sense to force someone to have a vaccine. I know I'm just getting into like just contentious, polarizing political conversation, but now political is medical. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's I think very dangerous as well, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? So to me in my limited understanding of science and biology in the world, that doesn't make sense. There's like a, like a conflict of like, I just don't, it just seems like there's not a lot of pragmatism is that in that, am I missing something with that? From your perspective. I know this you're not an expert about this, but I'm just kind of curious because you're very smart. You graduated from Harvard. You teach at Yale. It's very prestigious. You know, like like what do you what do you think about that? Because that's science. Like that's what the science says. It's like C D C. But yet there's still it feels to me like there's a, a certain tribalism of yeah. you know, well, this is what we said, so this is what we do. So just do it because that's what we said.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, I think coming up with reputable sources for science, and then, and I mean, I think there's a lot of distrust of science right now, and you know, so I think it's a real challenging time for, for public health. People in public health, both researchers and practitioners, and you know, I think there's, um, yeah, we have a lot, lot to understand about the best practice.
0: All right. Well, it sounds like we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like you don't have a, have a strong opinion on that topic. So you're book is it specifically getting into like actionable practices on how people can start to retool the internal narratives and stories that we that we have i presume
1: yeah so it was it's been a really it was a really fun book to write so it gave me a chance to bring together stories of a lot of people i I got to meet over the last couple years who exemplify the different ways that culture can promote positive aging and part of the goal of the book was to present actionable methods and and tools that people can easily do in everyday life. And and also part of it is to also think about what we can do as a society to, um, so I, I include a list of ideas for both kind of on the individual level and also how we can come together on a societal level to overcome ageism so they probably i mean the ideal would be that there'd be less ageism out there and less negative age beliefs to become aware of and to fight off and so i think both of those avenues are you know are really important and part of what i present in the book
0: yeah the reason i bring up all the COVID stuff is that as it's i think it's presently obviously the the largest stone to have created a ripple in the psycho somatic emotional experience of culture and i think that that you know we're going to continue to see the implications of that with time and we're seeing it it now yeah it's sad and 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 fascinating to watch it all unfold i think we're all part of a a sociological anthropological experiment it was like oh like what is what is how does this affect the mind and the body and and the future of culture and I think that 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 you know that fear and anxiety is at the the root of a resistance around aging, you know, or a resistance around anything. There's going to be a fear and anxiety that builds up, and then from what you're saying and and in, in all the research that that you know you and, and your colleagues have, have come up with, that's like you know it, the implications are cardiovascular disease, and the implications are just general degeneration, and so that's kind of why I'm I'm forcing that peg into. Into a misshapen hole right now of having a COVID conversation.
1: So. Well, no, but I, I think you're right that, I mean, thinking about the broader societal trends is, is very relevant to thinking about the context of, of positive aging. And, you know, and, I, and I, I think the good good news is that there's really something that we can do about it. So I, I think that the good message is that we can have some control over these ways of, of improving views of aging and also our aging health you know, in response. So that's the good news. And even within a pandemic, within all of these things that are going on, I think we can think about very actionable steps that that we can take.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate getting to have this conversation. Thanks for allowing me to take us into the the, the awkward, dark, shadowy woods of, <laughs> of COVID conversation. That was great. It's, yeah. Is there anything? Where's, so, So where's the best place to point people from here?
1: so yeah so people are interested in reading the book we have a website becca-levy.com which has different independent bookstores that people can can reach out to and, and yeah if people have any questions yeah, you know, please please let me know but yeah great cool. to talk to you
0: thank you so much i appreciate you becca or dr levy <laughs> yeah all right, bye, bye. Bye.
1: great to talk to you
0: Hope you guys dug that conversation. Once again, I want to thank Tom Yoga for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for subscribing to this show. Thank you for sharing it with your friends and family. Thanks for implementing the information. Thanks for the reviews. And I'm just so grateful for you guys tuning in. Uh, it's you that keeps this thing going. And I am immensely grateful grateful for that. I think that's it. Folks in the Align community, if you're interested in going deeper into these conversations and having direct discussions with me as well, where we share private content, you can join the Align community. It's totally free. It can be found at alignpodcast.com community. I'll see you there. Thanks for tuning in. That's it.